Kuyana Crockett, and I am going to let her introduce herself and tell you all about who she is, and we are going to sit down our topic today. She has no idea what it's called, but it's called Quarantine with Q. <laughs> So that is our title. Let me go ahead. I'm going to get into a word of prayer and then we are going to be talking to Miss Q coming up. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just come right now, first and foremost, God, just thanking you for this day, thanking you for the opportunity, Lord God. I do not take it lightly that each and every guest that comes and sits down with me, Father God, that they could be doing anything else, Lord God. So I thank you that you continue to send people to sit and chat and talk about prayer, talk about their life, talk about everyday things and why prayer matters. So Lord, I just ask that you Guide us, Father God, that we have fun, that we have laughter, and that we do everything all the time to glorify, edify, magnify the kingdom, and also to help someone else along the way, because that's what it's all about. Our story, our, our stories are for others, Lord God, so that we can encourage, inspire, and bring them along. So, Lord, we just thank you. We honor you, praise you. In your son Jesus' name, we pray. Amen, amen, amen. All right, Q, you want to go ahead, anything you want to tell them, introduce yourself, who you are, what you do, whatever it is that you want to share to bring Q to the forefront of this thing here, praying and preaking under quarantine Q. That's what it's called. (laughs) Uh, Well, I always like to start off by introducing myself as a proud mom of two young adults. Um, and I do that because I do a lot of things. I've worn many hats. Um, I've reinvented myself probably more times than I can count. But the one, one area of my life that remained constant was that I was a mother. Mm -hmm. And, um, that, that title kept me grounded no matter, no matter what position, what title, what thing I was involved in in my life. And so I'm going to start there. Proud, proud mom of two amazing young adults. Um, I am an entrepreneur by heart, like a lot of people in the world. Um, So I am the COO and partner of Easton Ivy Home Staging and Designs that's based out of Woodbridge, Virginia. And I also actually work a full-time job for a nonprofit that supports um, the military. Uh, I am a veteran of eight years, uh, served in the Army. Um, and, you know, outside of that, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a loyal friend. I'm a proud sister. I'm a, you know, proud daughter. And, again, I wear a lot of hats, but 
at the end of the day, um, you know, I'm a proud, proud mom first and foremost. So in a nutshell, I'd like to say that's who I am. All right. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I have to tell you guys that um, <laughs> Q is a little bit out of her comfort zone here because I say that is because you will soon find as we go through this interview that Q is a very methodical thinker, um, very analytical, very, uh, she, she actually stops and thinks about what she is going to say and how she wants to respond. And so the reason I said that this is a little bit out of her comfort zone is because number one, she had no idea what we're, what we were going to talk about. She didn't know the title. She has no idea what questions I'm going to ask. And so, I, uh, I I love it and, it, and it's good because I love putting people, uh, stretching people. Hey, that's what I say every day that I am the ignite her, that I stretch her faith. And so I love stretching people, but it's good. I mean, it's good to be stretched. So, and this is her second time this week. <laughs> she said this is the second time this week. Q, you want to share what else happened this week when you were a little bit comfortable? We got time before we get uh, yeah. into these questions. As a matter of fact, uh, this this Monday, this past Monday, um, <laughs> my business partner, who is actually um, the CEO of Easton Ivy Realty, um, so the real estate, there's a real estate company and then there's the staging company and she and I are partners on the staging company side and uh, we decided to go live um, every Monday. They do a what they call a reality or reality show. Um, and they get on Facebook live and they talk about the week. And, um, there was quite a bit, quite a bit of expansion that happened with the company. They, you know, and so as, as the weeks had gone on, they were kind of every week bringing on a new piece of the puzzle, um, to, ex to talk about what's happened with the company. And, so I knew that I was going to come on on Monday, but what I didn't know is that I wouldn't know what we were going to talk about <laughs> uh, in advance. And so, um, you know, like I told you earlier in the week when we talked, I was holding on to this coffee mug <laughs> while I was on live. And I was just praying that nobody saw the death grip that I had <laughs> in this coffee mug the whole time we were doing the interview because I really didn't know where it was going to go. Um, my partner is very lively, like you are, Georgia, and she's excited about stuff and she's ready to put it all out there. And so, you know, she has to always ask me first, like, can I say this? Am I allowed to share this? Or, but I had no idea. I didn't know where it was going to go. I didn't know, I didn't know anything. And I don't know that I'd sweated so much in my life, but I made it through. I survived it. And um, the feedback and the response was really good. So I'm grateful for it. But I don't know that I I don't know that I can ride the spontaneous train too much. Uh, <laughs> you know, outside of my outside of my character, but you know, I'll I'll dabble every once in a while. So here I am the second time in the same week. Uh, this might hold me over for a couple of months. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yes. I mean, it, it's so, you know, I, I told myself and I, I've said it before that I had to realize, you know, everyone is, everyone isn't me and everyone doesn't, you know, like just this whole spontaneous thing and being in the forefront and talking and speaking. So, so it's just amazing when I come across people, I'm like, what, you know, like, but I love it. So, <laughs> but, so I appreciate you indulging me. So 
All right, so like I said, our title is Quarantine Q. And so we're going to talk a little bit about what you just shared to the, the company and what's coming up and just so excited for you and, and, and what's going on in your life. So, all right, let me back up. Cause see, I get excited. I'm already ahead of myself. So I want to know what, what is something new that you learned about Q during quarantine? Um, <clears throat> let's see. Something new that I learned. I I learned how tough I really was on myself. Um, I set a very high level of expectation for myself. And for a long time, I think that I allowed myself to believe that those expectations were coming from other people. Mm. And... In reality, I think that I know for sure now that those high levels of expectations and that tough um, that toughness that I put on my on myself it was all it was all me. Um, the second thing that I learned is that it is okay to stand firm in any decisions that you choose to make for yourself and. Not not every decision you make is going to be received warmly. Um, there will be probably some judgment or question or, you know, and you just have to be unapologetic in your decisions and be firm in those decisions. And I, I didn't realize that I cared so much and so deeply about what other people thought about my decisions and um those were a couple of things that I learned. Uh, I learned those probably because obviously we're almost a year into the situation with the pandemic and everybody going into quarantine. And I actually, my company went into quarantine in March. So before the governor of Virginia shut down Virginia, my organization had already sent us home with computers and said, stay home. Um, so mm -hmm. I think that I may have learned within three months of being in quarantine that it like I'm making decisions like these are my choices like I'm making decisions and like there's no nobody here to tell me or there's no negotiating or affirmations or confirmations or um solidifications for that matter like there it's just me making decisions and it's okay and it felt amazing but it was in that moment that I realized like, man, you've been living your life for the sake of other people your entire life. And so it was new territory for me. Um, and now there's no looking back now. <laughs> so, right. uh, but yeah, I, I want to say that there were, there was a lot of self-reflection of just how I, how I did, how I was making decisions in the past and how I make them now and how, how they feel. They feel very different. Mm. That's awesome. And so that's cool because that leads right into where I was going. And so it's so amazing. I love it when things come together. <laughs> so because my, what I want to talk about next is how has your life changed over the course of this last year? And so you kind of touched on that a little bit when you said that now it's just me making those decisions. So 
you know, just share a little bit wherever you want to go with that on how sure. your life has changed. Sure. Um, so ironically, um, and again, I'll take this back to the pandemic and being in quarantine. Um, if, if you've been keeping up with the media at all um, and how the pandemic affected households, um, ironically, although my household was affected, um, it wasn't by the pandemic. Um, it's, it's amazing. You talk about timing and you talk about the irony of things. And, um, you know, I, I pretty much walked away from a 22 year marriage um, this month, a year ago this month. And fast forward two months after that, we go into a pandemic. And um, when I made this very, very difficult decision, it was probably, and I've, you know, Georgia, you and I know each other pretty well. We know each other very closely. You know, I've, I've you know, I've, I've handled some things, right? I've, <laughs> I've battled some things. Um, and I can say that it was by far one of the hardest decisions I ever had to make in my life. And um, that would be the beginning of me shifting my mindset and my focus on making decisions and being okay with my decision and being firm in my decision. And <clears throat> although being in a quarantine and being in a, a world global pan pandemic was, is instilled very much a sad, traumatic um, experience for the entire world. I always try to find silver linings um, and I always try to find um, opportunities for gratitude. And again, you and I know each other very well. So you knew that my word for 2020 was gratitude. Um, it started with the word gratitude. It ended with the word gratitude. And it forced me to really get to learn myself. Um, and like I said, I have two children. Um, I was all, we were already empty nesters. Um, our youngest will actually be 21 in March. And, um, you know, so there were no children in the house. And I literally, I got married. I was 19 years old when I got married and we were parents pretty early. And so my entire adult life had been molded and revolved around family and every decision or majority of the decisions that I made impacted the family in some sort of way, whether it was good, bad, ugly, or indifferent. There were other people that were always going to be impacted by the decisions that I would make for myself. Mm -hmm. And as soon as the world shut down, I realized that anything that I did moving forward, I'm the only person being impacted by it. I'm the only one. It's just me. And um, I've always known that I enjoy my own company. So there, it wasn't a situation where, um, I, I didn't deal with any depression. I didn't deal with the depression of being alone. I didn't deal with that. I, I did miss my kids a lot. And I had moments of sadness because I couldn't just, I couldn't just hug my kids, right. I couldn't go see my kids as much as I would have liked to. And when we did, there was just this whole production of quarantining and face masking and all these things that we would have to do just to be able to see each other. And, um, you know, we had to come up with a video chat system. Um, so that part was very sad for me. And of course, just my whole life changed. But it was a moment where I just said, you know what? When I get up tomorrow, I'm going to make brunch. 
and I'm gonna make whatever I want to make for brunch, and I have me a mimosa with my brunch, and I'm <laughs> and I'm on. And every Sunday for this whole for the whole year of 2020 and moving on, every Sunday I have brunch. It's my thing. I've so I've created my own little customary things that I like to do. Um, and it started pretty early last year. And uh, I don't I don't have to negotiate what I'm what I'm what I'm eating, when I want to eat, how I want to eat it, you know. Um, so there are, you know, it's all good stuff, but it it forced me to really get to know myself outside of what I pretty much already knew about myself, but it, it forced me to go deeper um, and challenge some, some areas of my life that maybe I had uh, maybe run away from. So, um, mm. so yeah, I mean, my life changed before the pandemic changed. So <laughs> <Fun time. laughs> yeah, yeah. And it, I'm telling you, this 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 is just rolling right into the next one because what I want to talk about, what my next question is, talk about how suddenly, that's one of my favorite words because God says God is a suddenly God, you know, mm-hmm. and that he can do, do things suddenly. So talk about how suddenly things can change. And you said that a little, you, you actually said it and I was like, yes, she's right on there. So you know, um, just like, you know, we saw this pandemic, no, no one was expecting it, but suddenly it was, the world was upside down. You know, we were doing things that we never thought of walking around with masks on and not being able to see our family, like you said, and not being able to, you know, go into the hospital if our family was in the hospital, or, I mean, it was so many things that were topsy-turvy and, you know, it, it still is. I mean, things have changed a little bit, but we're still in this thing, like you said, and we're coming up on a year. And so it's just amazing how suddenly, you know, things can change. So, Whatever you want to share about, you know, um, you know, how things suddenly change for you, whatever those changes were, whatever you want to share. Well, ironically, um, I've had a couple of suddenlies <laughs> <laughs> over the past couple of months. Um, so and and with the word suddenly, there are highs and lows, right? Mm-hmm. Um so Thanksgiving came around and again, you know. This was the first year of the first of everything where I wasn't celebrating holidays as a mother and a wife. And uh, Thanksgiving came around and I decided to, well, she kind of threatened my life. So I'm, I'm just going to put that out there. My <laughs> sister made me come stand and spend it with her. I did. I wanted to be alone. <laughs> and she said, no, you come stay with me or I'm going to come get you. So I ended up staying with my sister and um, we had a pretty good Thanksgiving, you know, minus the fact that we couldn't be with family, but we made it work. And in the course of 24 hours, my mother is in a medical emergency. And one thing led to another. And the next thing you know, it she's hospitalized um, with a major situation. Um, I won't go too deep into it, but she we almost lost her like just mm-hmm. like that. Um, we're in the middle of this pandemic and she's in another state and we couldn't be there with her. Um, and it was a very nerve wracking experience to say the least. 
Um, and what a lot of people also don't know is while we were in the middle of this medical emergency with my mom, I was also in the middle of finalizing uh, marital settlement agreements and closing on a rental property with um, my, you know, my ex-husband. And we were preparing to sell another property. And I mean, there were all these other things that were happening in my life. And I had, they all came to a screeching halt. Um, and I've also discovered that I'll probably be wearing PPE for the rest of my life because I ended up finding out that I genetically uh, have a lower white blood cell count that puts me at extreme risk for all kinds of things to include COVID-19. And um, so all of these things were happening suddenly at the same time. Mm. And, uh, you know, you don't have time to sit and cry about it. Like you got to get moving. You've got to strategize and organize and plan and prepare. And that flight or fight response, like it kicks in whether you want it to or not. And you either handle it well or you don't. And luckily for me, you know, my sister and I are really close. She's 10 years younger than I, but um, we're very, very close. And I didn't have to go through any of this stuff alone. Um, but being the provider and being the protector and being the older sibling and the oldest child and all that, there was a lot of pressure that happened that time. So that was the first sudden experience um, outside of, you know, I just uprooted and decided, you know, that it was time for me to move forward in, in my marriage. And then bam, COVID hit. Right. Uh, <laughs> and and. Once we we all the world got adjusted to okay we've got to watch what we do and how we do it and and all of that then this other unexpected thing happened and I think for me personally I was ready to take a deep breath like 2020 was almost over and I was just ready to be good riddance 2020 and 2020 said nope I got one more thing for you real quick hang on <laughs> right uh, and I'd already been waiting. Um, there were a lot of great opportunities that were going to be coming my way, but I just, I needed to be patient and I needed to wait. Something that I also learned to do in 2020 that I'm not good at is be patient and wait. Mm -hmm. um, and so the situation with my mom literally put a lot of, a lot of things on hold and we spent the whole month with my mother in another state trying to take care of her. We, we were finally allowed to go there. And um, so that was the first sudden thing. Um, <laughs> so the new year comes around. Um, my mother made, a, made a, a recovery. I won't say a full recovery, but she made a recovery. Um, and she um, was well enough that we felt comfortable bringing in the new year with her. We, we got her to turn the big milestone birthday. She turned 60 and then we brought in a new year with her. And I got back home and I sat down with um, the person who would become my business partner, Nicole. And we've been talking about going into business um, and launching and becoming partners and me taking over the staging company. And we'd been talking about it for a long time. But um, there, again, I had to learn the art of patience. I had to learn the art of um proactive, a little bit more versus reactive and just letting sit, letting it sit on my soul to make sure that this was really the right decision to make. Um, Cause you know, when you're an entrepreneur, like you want to do all the things 
Mm. You want to do all the things and you want to do them all the time. And, um, you know, I, I needed to make sure I wasn't going back into old behavioral patterns. Right. And I needed to make sure that this decision was one that is about my legacy and about my 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 end all be all in every decision I make. Um, is going to be impacted. I'm going to be impacted by this, right? So we went ahead and uh, we had our first meeting when I got back into town. And another sudden hit. We're in the middle of talking business. We're signing paperwork. We're talking about things. We're putting together goals and plans and strategies. And then I said, I need to take a bathroom break. And I don't know why, but while I was washing my hands, I was thinking about, because I'm a military veteran, and I was thinking about my VA loan. And <laughs> I just asked a random question about the VA loan. My partner is also a veteran. And I just said, hey, have you ever used your VA loan? And I said, you know, um, you know, I've been telling you all year, eventually I want to I want to be out here close to the marina. I want to be closer to the warehouse. I want to be closer to the office. I want to be closer to the team. And uh, I knew that in 2021, I'd at least start looking, but I probably wasn't going to buy anything until the following year, right? And ironically, everything that I had been thinking about, I've been researching this place, this, this high-rise building that I want to live in. So I already knew where I wanted to live. I knew what layout I wanted. I knew I wanted all these things, right? I'd already, I'd decided I just needed to execute. And she looks at me and she goes, well, she said, uh, matter of fact, there's actually a condo available that hasn't been listed yet. And uh, do you want to go see it? And uh, she goes, you know, I would never normally do this with anyone because I normally don't show a property that hasn't been cleaned or, you know, hasn't been staged or, you know, prepared for showing. But because of your background, I know that you'll be able to kind of see what you need to see to determine whether or not this would be the place for you. So I went online, I looked at the pictures and I said, well, wait a minute. This looks just like the layout that I said that I wanted. And this is the building I said I wanted to live in. And it's on the eighth floor. That's the floor I said I want to live on. So I said, of course, I want to go see it. So anyway, we went to go see it. And uh, I want to say probably 30 minutes later, we were actually ratifying a contract for this house, for this condo. My um, God. So, yes. And I'll just tell you, I absolutely, that was not the plan. That was not the intent. Uh, I was going to wait another year, like I said, because I was learning this whole patience thing and just sitting still. And I was so proud of myself. But I'm also a firm believer that if an opportunity presents itself, um, if you have you don't have no reason to pass it up, then don't. Um, and some of the most amazing experiences that I've had in my life have happened because I took a chance and it wasn't planned, even though I'm such a strategic planner. Right. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> yes. Right. Since I'm so analytical and I'm so strategic and I, you know, but the most the most successful moments in my life have happened out of the blue, out of spontaneity. And um, I just, I took a leap of faith. And so anyway, we, we closed at the end of the month and, uh, you know, moving in, moving by the Marina, like I said, I wanted to do. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
All I can say is, what he do it? What he do it? Yeah. If you had actually told me a year ago this month, because you and I saw, you know, we saw each other a year ago this month. We were very involved, you and I, with each other a year ago this month. And um, if you had told me that all of these things would have hap- would have been happening, I don't know that I would have believed that. And I personally felt like because there was such an enormous shift in my life and I was so accustomed to living my life a certain way that it was going to take me so much longer to get here. And then I had to remember that before I actually made the shift to make this big decision, I had already been doing the work on myself. Mm. I'd already been doing the work um, and I continued to do the work. And I guess for your listeners, I guess the best thing, best way to say this is um, consistency really is the key to success in anything personal or professional. Consistency is the key to success. Yes, that's awesome. Oh, look at that. Suddenly, I'm t- he's a suddenly God. I'm suddenly. Suddenly. <laughs> suddenly. I love it. I love it. Yes, because I mean, as Q has shared a year ago, I mean, I'm just even looking back and 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 we were together a year ago this month, and it's like I, I couldn't even imagine this. I mean, and mm-hmm. never even would have thought. I mean, we we kind of both figured the path that you would be on. And it was like, okay, but as the word says, I mean, we can make all the plans that we want, but he directs our path, you know? No and- kidding. No <laughs> kidding. No kidding. And I'm, and I'm notorious for saying what I won't do. <laughs> oh yes. Oh yes. Yeah. That's yeah. We're going to get to that. <laughs> I'm, not- I'm notorious for saying what I will not do. And then mm-hmm. I get showed every single time that I'm not in control as much as I'd like to think that I am. Mm-hmm. 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 You know what I say? I say he'll slap you in the mouth. He real nice though, but he I get I slap say you slap, right you, slap you right in the mouth because you you doing all that talking. He'd be like, mm-hmm, keep on talking, Georgia. <laughs> I know I know I get slapped in the mouth on the regular little uh-huh. this mouth just be going and he be like, mm, go on, keep on talking. I get slapped in the mouth so nicely though. He was so gentle. <laughs> <laughs> so gentle with it so yeah I mean there's so many I was over here writing notes like it's so many nuggets and, and I'm trying to remember so I can go back I love what you said about the waiting and learning how to wait like that's so oh my god that waiting boy I'm telling you that's yeah that's a yeah it was it was it was I, I would I would be lying if I said it was easy and you know when you're when you're used to having a certain behavioral pattern, you know, it is literally, you have to rewire your neurological Mm. system, right? It is, it's deeper than the feeling. It is a neurological rewiring of the brain to do different. And then it requires repetitiveness um, because it's learned behavior from somewhere. Mm. Right. And you know, I, and I had to unpack a lot of that, you know, why are you so impatient? Why do you need it? You know, like this right now. And in my mind, I know that, you know, I've got it all figured out. I got the puzzle pieces figured out, but I've, I've had to learn how to see that gray area a little bit more and not be so black and white. Right. 
Mm. Um, and really what's ironic is I only needed to do it when it came to myself. When mm. it comes to other people, I, I can understand why a person might act like this. I can understand why a person may feel like this. When someone's not being the best version of themselves, I can step back and say, okay, I, I'm not going to take that personal because there's something deeper rooted there that has nothing to do with me, right? But I was not that merciful to myself. Mm. And that's what I had to learn. I had to learn how to get uncomfortable with what is it? Looking at yourself in the mirror and looking yeah. at what you see <laughs> and then figuring out what parts of her or him you want to keep and uh, what parts of her or him you want to work on. Um, mm. And I and I will I will continue to do that for the rest of my life because it's just it's not a it's not a quick light bulb moment. It's it's constant learning. It's con it's constant. Um, but yeah, I mean. I've had probably the best relationship with myself that I've ever had in my entire life in this past year. And a lot of it wasn't planned. I didn't plan to have a relationship with myself. I just was making changes in my life and then everything else just happened the way it happened. And, you know, mm. yeah. That's good. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's so important that we, um, I was laughing and Q was laughing when she said that because that's one of the things that I always do tell people you got to put that mirror in front of your face and and we don't want to do it and because mm -hmm. it's 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 not easy and but it's so necessary someone I mean the other day um on the prayer tour that I do on Friday nights we were talking and someone was talking about that and and someone said, I want to add something, everything that we do, but it's necessary. And when she said that, I was like, wow, like it's necessary, you know, whether we yeah. do it or not, like it's necessary. And so, yeah, this is good. Cause guess what? That that's where I was going about. And you, you touched on that uncomfortableness. So, I mean, what, what is, you know, being comfortable in the uncomfortable, like, what does that look like for you? <clears throat> um, What it looked like, for real, what it looked like was literally me seeing that little girl in the mirror, mm. telling that little girl, number one, it's going to be okay. Um, number two, feel all the feels and then let it go. Um, because if you don't, you're going to block and hinder yourself. You're going to block your blessings. You're going to be your own roadblock, your own stumbling block. And more importantly, you're not going to ever forgive yourself. And as long as you aren't forgiving yourself, then you realistically aren't forgiving anybody else. And so that's what it looked like for me. And like, for real, literally looking in the mirror not just washing your face and brushing your teeth and doing your hair, not looking at the dark circles, not looking at the laugh lines and the wrinkles, like literally looking at yourself. Like what's funny is I didn't even, I never really paid attention to my own eyes until I started doing this. And I realized that my eyes actually get darker and lighter and different. Like they actually change based on my energy. I didn't know that. And one day I just 
happened to be really just doing this exercise and looking at myself in the mirror. And I was in a place of happiness this day. I was just, I was just feeling joyous. I was feeling joyous because I just, the sun was out and I, I sat on my balcony and I had my tea and I listened to my music and I was just in a good place. I just felt internally good. And uh, it was time for me to do my little exercise. And I only spent about two minutes doing it because anything more than that. And it's like, okay, this is, <laughs> we can stop now. Right. And I was like, man, I never paid attention to the shades of hue of brown in my eyes and how they change. And I just started take, literally taking notes from that point forward for like three weeks I did it. And when I went back and read in my journal, the shade of brown in my eyes, and I would talk about my mood that day, that was how I determined, that's how I was able to figure out that my eyes actually get a, large, a lighter shade or a darker shade of brown, depending on my energy and depending on, and I know people are probably gonna be like, girl, what are you talking about? But no, like seriously. Um, and I would go to the same bathroom with the same light, you know, I would make sure the shower curtain was closed. Like I, you know, and um, I just, these are things that I would have never paid attention to before. And um, it was, it was, it was quite interesting. Um, but needless to say, what it looks like to be uncomfortable is to really go back in time and connect with that six-year-old or seven-year-old little boy or little girl. And we'd like to believe that some of the things that we're dealing with in our lives have to do with the right now, like what happened at work yesterday or what our partner said to us last week or two years ago, or, you know what I mean? It's not, it's, it's not, it's, it goes back way further than that. And you either can address those things and then move forward. They're not, we're not also lucky to be able to do that. Right. There might be circumstances and situations where we can't go back and investigate or understand or realize or move past. Um, but just like love is a choice, our feelings are a choice, whether we like it or not. People don't believe that, but our feelings are a choice. You can choose to be mad. You can choose to be happy. You can choose to be sad. You can choose to be ecstatic. You can choose to be enraged. Um, easier said than done, but it's still a choice. And we are in control of those one things, which is our choices of how we want to feel about circumstances. And so that was, that was, I had to, I still do it. It's a lot. It's a lot, but I've come a long way and I'm excited about where I'm at now. And it makes me very, very um, enthusiastic about where I'm going to go. Um, and it keeps me motivated to keep, keep going. Um, what it feels like though, um, it feels, if sometimes it feels suffocating, sometimes I feel winded. Like I, I feel like my soul was snatched out and I can't breathe. Mm. That's how it feels. Um, and it's really scary to feel like that. Um, but I just allow myself to kind of process the feelings and um, not really deny myself the emotions behind the feelings, but then bring myself back to the present and remember that um, I've survived all those things already. So why, why re-traumatize and have to re-survive a situation you've already survived, right? Um, 
And I found myself in situations with like my past and visiting with this seven-year-old or six-year-old little girl. And I've had some opportunities to, uh, I guess, if you want to use the word confront, it's not a negative word. It's just a word, right? But to confront some things. And I found myself saying to a loved one, after today, we'll never talk about this ever again. I've said what I needed to say about it. You've said what you needed to say about it. And I've come to the realization that we can talk about this to a blue in the face and I may not ever understand. And I'm going to be okay with that. And that was when I knew that I grew. Because Mm -hmm. the little girl in me wanted to understand and I was going to keep going until I got my understanding. And the more I tried to understand, the more I did not understand. And that was preventing me from moving forward so that I could live my life the best way I can. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's that's really, that's good. I mean, yeah, we, we, we don't want to confront people take that word to be negative, but it's not, I mean, we have to (laughs) in order to move forward, you know, and sometimes Mm -hmm. it's it's that word, those triggers that come up and you don't even realize that you're back to that six-year-old little girl, that six-year-old little boy, whatever. And, and, and you think, like you said, it's something that happened yesterday and that's not really it. And so ironically, I I remember being called confrontational uh, years ago. I I remember having people who were close in my life actually kind of call me confrontational. And, um, and it was weird because I was so offended by it. Um, And I think some of it was because I too allowed myself to, identify that word as a negative term and you know I'm a black woman so you know we already get stereotyped right mm-hmm. and so I I did that's like offense to the word confrontational it took me a couple of years to be like you know what wait a minute that's not my problem that that if I'm being accused of being confrontational and it's being used in a negative way it's because the person on the receiving end is just not comfortable being uncomfortable mm-hmm uh, that's what that is. Um, but there's nothing wrong with standing up for yourself and confronting a situation to say, okay, so we, we, we might need to reevaluate how we do this the next time. It's not wrong with that, you know, and if you can't be true in your authentic self and you can't share your feelings or express how a situation is making you feel, you might want to choose a new audience because they're not on the same wave pattern you're on. Um, and they're not going to receive your message, no matter how many sprinkles you put on the cupcake. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I love. Well, you know, I mean, I've been called confrontational all my life. So me it, too. You know. <laughs> I'm, now I'm like, okay, all yeah. right. But yeah, before yeah. I used to, it, it used to rub me the wrong way because I didn't want to be perceived as negative. Right. You know. Um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to be perceived as negative. So I didn't really like, I didn't really like that too much, but I'm over it now. And now I I embrace, I embrace all the definitions. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Listen, I, Hey, I, I used to always say, especially, you know, uh, most of the jobs I had, that was always something that was, uh, on my, on my reviews, I guess. And, uh, (laughs) 
and we would have to have a discussion about that because I'm like, what does that mean? You know, what does it mean? Yeah, what does that mean like who am I? It, it's so funny. I mean, just a quick sidebar. I, I remember one time I got one and it said, "Well, they said that you're hard to approach. Who is they? Who is like, they? Yeah, <laughs> who who is they? Who who's writing this review? Uh, yeah. is it you writing the review or is it they? Because I want to. Well, let me confront they. Okay, that's what I need to know. And it, you know, and I said. And I got my review changed because I'm like, who, 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 who is they? Yeah. And they, they, I don't work for they, I work for you. Like you I are my you. immediate supervisor. Yeah. And if you don't have a problem approaching me, then that's all that matters right now in this point in time, because you're the one writing the review. So right. yeah, we, I mean, listen, you guys, you, I, I've always had a voice. So, I mean, it just is what it is. So, yeah. and, 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 but yeah, I'm, I'm going to leave that right there. But uh <laughs> <laughs> mine I, I wanna and you kind of touched on this too when you said not forgiving yourself and so I wanna I wanna ask you I want you to kind of talk about what or how has forgiveness played a role um for where you are today compared compared to where you were a year ago and 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 I'm laughing a little bit here because I just thought about, you know, when you said some of the things that you said you was not going to do. And, <laughs> <laughs> and so that forgiveness kind of plays a part in that too. And, you know, so yeah. What do you want to share on that one? Well, you know, um, I'll, I'll go back to, you know, the fact that I said I was married young and, you know, married for a really long time. And I, there were a lot of, um, and I don't, and again, I don't use the word sacrifice in a negative term because that's another term that people take negatively. It's just a word. Um, but there were a lot of sacrifices that I actually made very early on in my life, um, to accommodate my, my relationship and I was really bitter with myself and bitter with my partner about those sacrifices. And it, it took a lot of growing up on my part to realize that those were, in fact, my decisions. And I needed to be OK with those decisions that I made. And had I not made those decisions, there were a lot of great other great things that would not have happened in my life and like my children and, you know, just not all, not all things are horrible. I just, but I did have a dream for myself. I had some visions for myself. Um, and a lot of those changed and who's to say that I had, if I had gone down that path or the path that I had sought out for myself, the plans I had for myself, who's to say that it would have turned out perfect, right? Who's to say that it would have gone exactly the way I had it envisioned in my head. Um, I, I was a very, I was very hard on myself about also not standing up for myself. Um, when you raise yourself and you don't have a lot of mentorship and just other strong women, I have strong women in my family, but you know, I'm not really close to my family and I, I moved away very young. And so I didn't have like this constant reinforcement in my life of women to teach me what it's like to um, self-accept and, and understand your own worth and your own value. And I didn't even know how to receive being hurt well. Um, and so, you know, I, I did things and I, and I caused more pain to myself 
um, along with other people when I was dealing with pain because all I knew was how to be hurt. And there came a point where I just was like, well, I don't want to be hurt anymore. So I'm going to hurt you too. So I did a little bit of that. But a lot of it was just being angry at the fact that I had this whole vision for myself and I made a lot of sacrifices and none of those things came to light except for becoming a professional bodybuilder. I did say when I was a kid, I wanted to do that and I did pursue that. But outside of that, there were a lot of things that I never got a chance to do or um, I I tried to do them, but there was always uh, additional sacrifices I had to make. And I always just felt so angry and so bitter and so resentful. But no one ever really taught me like, well, girl, they're your choices. Make the choices, stand firm to the choices and do them. I always put this extra layer of guilt on myself that if I did exactly what it is I wanted to do, that I was going to hurt my loved ones and I really resented them to include, you know, my then husband. I resented him for a lot of the sacrifices that I made. And I was so self-absorbed in that, that I didn't even take the time to realize that he, in fact, probably made a whole lot of sacrifices as well and didn't become the person he wanted to be because he chose to be family at a young age as well. Um, I just spent so much time being self-absorbed in all the things that happened to me that were happening to me. Um, and, and Georgette, I even took a lot of the childhood trauma experiences and brought them right into the marriage mm -hmm. and made him pay for that too. Poor guy. <laughs> made him pay for that. <laughs> Woo. Poor guy made him pay for that too. And so I go back to that word understanding. Remember how I was saying that I'm really good at looking at a person's demeanor or looking at a person's situation and understanding how they could possibly be that way. I never did that with myself until this past year. I never did that to myself. I never sat down and understood how I could possibly be the way I am or feel the way I feel or how, why I respond to certain things, why I'm triggered a certain way, not without it being attached to anger, right? but just truly unpacking the bag and saying, all right, this, this makes sense. And now that we understand the layers with this, what can we do different? Uh, I started that process though, before I moved out of my home, before I packed up and left my home, I started that process. Um, Cause I knew that if I had left with the same mindset that I had, that I wouldn't be on a path of healing um, as, as quickly. And healing was important to me. Once I was able to do for myself what I normally do for other people, which is sit back and understand how a person, how they can get there or why this is the way it is, even with my parents, because remember I said, it don't start with what your partner said to you last week. It don't start with what your job said, or it don't start there. It actually starts with your parents. And I had to have a conversation with both of my parents in which I found myself saying, I guess I could understand how you made that decision. I guess I could understand why this turned out the way it did or why you did this or why you felt this way. I guess I can't understand that. I will never forget the day I remember saying to my dad, I guess I can understand how you and mom ended up in a relationship together. It makes perfect sense based on your childhood histories. You were, your energies were gravitated towards one another because you had similar lives. 
and you were probably a spirit, like you were probably a soulful and spiritual safe haven for each other. Mm-hmm. I can understand that. Uh, it's, but again, it took a lot of work because I'm going to tell you a long time ago, I didn't even want to understand. All I knew is that whatever decisions they made leading up to me being conceived and me coming here and my childhood upbringing, all I knew was that. And I knew that it didn't feel good. I knew that it was uncomfortable and I didn't appreciate it. And y'all are the parents. That's all I knew. And you couldn't tell me nothing else. Right. So again, lots of understanding and being okay with sitting in these uncomfortable situations and unpacking the bags to, to like, it, it takes that work. Um, it's probably one of the best gifts I could have given myself. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that's just the beginning. And honestly, you know, it's funny because what when we talked about a year ago this time, we talked about generational curses and how to put it into them and how to how to unpack all that stuff and take the chains off. Um, so not only am I doing a service to myself, not only is this a gift for me, but this is a gift for my kids. Like this is probably one of the greatest gifts I could actually give my children and my grandchildren that aren't here yet, right? And great grandchildren because now they don't have to carry around these burdens. They don't have to because I'm unpacking the luggage for them, you know? So this is how you leave a legacy behind. It's not always monetary. Mm. Not always how big of a business can you leave, you know, leave and how much money you can leave. Sometimes it's peace of mind, you know? Wow. That's good. And just, I mean, I love it. And just all of the forgiving that has taken place along this journey and to just see you now compared to a year ago. Um, yeah. I'm so excited for you. Like it's, it's, it's amazing guys. I'm telling you, I mean, it's just, I just got to chill just even saying it because I remember, um, I remember that year ago and I remember that you were such a different person, still Q, but, um, there's a new Q that evolved out of quarantine Q. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and I love it. And I'm so excited to, um, to see where, you know, where she's going and I can't wait. And I'm, I'm so privileged and honored to, even know you, um, on the level that I do. And so I just thank you, um, because, you know, y- you have poured into me and even just in this interview, there's some things I'm like, mm, yeah, I need to, okay. I need to kind of look at that too. So I thank yeah. you for even, um, being hot. As I say, I, I took that from pastor Mike Todd. I always give him credit though, <laughs> that, that yeah. humble, transparent, like it's so serious. And a lot of people, and I know that that is why God has me doing this work that that I that I'm doing because it's so important that we get there and it is work and it's not easy and it is uncomfortable and it hurts and like you said it can be suffocating it can be um, painful it can be I mean it's so many things that it could be but like we said it's a feeling and and yeah. we get to choose and we get to yeah. choose you know and so. Not saying that we deny those feelings and press them down. I'm not saying that, but we need to confront them. Hello, there goes that word again, and then work our way through it. So I I, want to know, I always ask this question. So what what does prayer mean to you? 
and you know and and yeah whatever you want to share with that what does prayer mean to you well now prayer means just being just gratitude like now when i pray it's always it's really more of a thank you um it's now it's always a thank you um even for just the simplest things you know what i mean it prayer didn't used to be that for me prayer used to be more questions Mm. it used to literally be okay god i got questions why is this happening now and you know i'll go back to that little girl i remember when i had a conversation with my mom and i said i remember as a little girl saying if i just be a good girl if i do what i'm told if i follow all the rules and i stay out of trouble then i'm going to be rewarded Mm. and I did all those things and all these things, these things, which I didn't know at the time would be lessons, right? I just looked at them as trial and tribulations and things that happened to me. And then I'd go back and I'd be like, well, God, why is this happening to me? What did I do to deserve this? And, you know, I'm not a perfect person by any means, but I've I really do think I'm a good person. I know I, there's a lot of room for, for improvement, but I'm not that bad. Like, why is all this happening to me? Why, why, why? I, yes, I, I did a question all the time. And I know we're not supposed to, but I, I couldn't help it. I, I needed, remember I said I needed to understand? I said that earlier, right? I needed <laughs> to understand. So that's, those used to be my conversations. And then... I was like, well, clearly that doesn't work. And this is insane. And if I'm going to open up and I'm going to allow myself to have a conversation with God, and if I'm going to talk to God and I'm going to pray to God, I need to stop whining about what's happening to me. And I need to be grateful for the things that I actually have, because this really could be much worse. And when I started really, really practicing gratitude and not just gratitude in the, I mean, in everything, and even also being comfortable with showing my gratitude to the people in my space and letting them know that I'm grateful for what they've done or who they are. Um, And allow myself to be vulnerable in that aspect because I I wasn't, that's just not who I, I wasn't raised that way. Again, learn behavior. I could do a whole lot of stuff for you and hope that you understand that's how I'm communicating to you that I care about you. Right. But to just regurgitate out of my mouth that I'm grateful for you and why I'm grateful for you. That was just not a thing. And so when I started doing that and I started doing that in my prayer and it was really more of a, I am grateful to you for allowing me to wake up today with a different perspective on my situations and my circumstances, right? To give me the power to think past my pain. You know, was never a thank you for this and thank you for giving me this and thank you for providing this. It was really more of a thank you for giving me this shift and giving me this drive to think differently so that I can provide better for myself. So that's how I pray now. That's what prayer is about for me now. And it's scary. <laughs> it's, it's scary. <laughs> it's scary. Pray. It's still scary to pray like that. 
because I'm human. And so the human in me, the human part of who we all are, are always worried, like, Lord, what's going to happen next? Like, this is too good to be true. Like, when is the other shoe going to drop? And then I had a good person in my life because I do, I do actually um, do therapy as well. Um, and this therapist said to me, so what if the other shoe dropped? You just pick it up and put the shoe back on your foot like you've been doing. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I like that. <laughs> yes, I like yeah. her. That's good. That's Go back good. On your foot and keep going. I was like, you know what? I never thought about it that way. You put it that way. So yes. Yeah, so now it's, it's, the prayers are always um, about gratitude and reminding me that even to, you know, thank you for reminding me that in my imperfections that I'm still a work in progress and that, you know, I have a lot to offer to myself and in turn that I can offer to other people. But it's always just me giving thanks now. It's never asking for anything anymore or asking the why question anymore. Mm. That's good. Well, I want to go back to that because I'm a firm believer that we can ask why. It doesn't say that we can't ask why. Yeah. However, there, there's yeah. another. Okay. You know, there's yeah. a however. On yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we can ask the question and, yeah. and, and God is waiting for us. I mean, that's, you know, we can come and we can ask. It doesn't mean it, it, it means it doesn't mean a couple things. It doesn't mean that he's going to answer right away. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that um, you're, you know, you're being disobedient. I mean, we, we, we can ask those questions. However, we, we should be ready for the answer. I mean, right. and or maybe we already got the answer and <laughs> we just ain't paying attention. Exactly. To get the answer. Exactly. Right? Yeah, that's true too. You can have the answer, but you just being uh, a little bit disobedient or maybe you're saying, yeah. you, are you just not in a space to receive it? I mean, oh, it's not so, in a space to receive Yes, yeah. exactly. It's, it's so not many the answer things. you were actually looking for. Uh-huh, <laughs> uh-huh. So you like, what, what, what? He like, no, I told you that, you know, two years ago, but you still, okay, well, I'm going to yeah. see. Look, one of my other favorite sayings, I'll wait. I mean, I told you, he's a nice, gentle, he's so gentle and nice. <laughs> He'll just wait for you. I'll wait. And so, yeah, I mean, we, we can ask those questions. And, and then, like you said, you got to pick the shoe up and keep on moving, you know, because it mm-hmm. may not be what you were expecting or it may even come in a different way than what you were expecting. Like, we just don't know. We 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 don't know what... Um, we, we can't even fathom what God has planned and prepared for us. And we just have to keep moving and keep pushing and doing that self-work, like we said, and just finding out every day who we are because we are forever evolving. And the more we know, the more we grow. You know, the more we let go, the more we grow. And yeah. so this thing yeah. called life is definitely a journey and uh, we just got to keep you know, bending in the curves, driving straight, making a U-turn, all those things. <laughs> so, yeah. One of the other things that I, I also discovered too is, um, and and I mentioned this um, to my ex, I didn't feel like, well, also because we got married so young and we didn't, we did not have a lot of mentorship, guidance, accountability, or any mm-hmm. of that. Uh, and it does, and it can be from any, any, walk of life. It doesn't always have to be religious. It doesn't always have to be professional. Mm-hmm. Um, and so 
I made a list of things that I required for myself in order to be a better version of myself, right? And in my top three, I absolutely had to have mentors in my life. And I have several and and I've and I've got four and they touch in different areas of my life, right? Um, one that I can go very, very uh, methodical with and analytical with um, that's a deep thinker like I am that also can tell me when I'm when I'm being ridiculous. Because <laughs> uh, the truth of the matter is, is I never outside of my husband telling me when I'm being ridiculous, nobody else was ever really there. My sister, I, well, I won't say my sister didn't. But she would do it in a really nice way. And you can't do that with me. You have to actually tell me like, no, that's just ridiculous. Um, And even if I don't like it, I I will respect the fact that you could tell me that because I don't always want to be told that I'm being great. I want to be told when I'm not being the best version of myself, too. So Mm -hmm. I got one of those. I've got one um, that I talk to about business, like all all types of like I bounce all my business ideas off of because I am an entrepreneur and needed somebody I could bounce ideas off of. It's also um, very heavy in finance and kind of gave me some additional education in finance literacy and a little bit on investment and just, you know, money management in general. Um, And then one who can relate to me as a black woman in leadership, like not just in leadership goes beyond managing people, but being a very strong personality and a strong force of your own and, and just being a natural leader. Um, I needed someone like that that could relate and understand some of the challenges that I face in the world when I step outside my home that um, I didn't really feel like other people could understand or relate to include in my marriage. I mean, for God's sakes, he was a man and he's not going to understand what it's like when I go out here as a black woman and deal with some of the stuff that I dealt with. Mm -hmm. Um, But someone who can actually speak my language there. And then I found another person who understood the balance between me needing uh really enjoying leading people but also wanting to be led just as much as I like to lead um and so these four people have been very very instrumental in my growth as well and I got to make sure that I had brought that up before you know we ended this interview because this did take a village um and I do again and I do see a therapist and the therapist helps me unpack a lot of um, a lot of my childhood stuff, a lot of my past things. And um, it was important to me that I built this foundation around me of people who could hold me accountable, um, high five me when when I am hitting my own goals that I set for myself, but also saying, well, wait a minute, that doesn't sound like you being the best version of yourself. Because in order for me to be successful in any relationships, whether they're friendships or romantic or my children or my family, um, in order for me, in order for me to be a, um, good in a, any kind of relationship, I had to I had to do the work over here first. Um, I didn't want to repeat any kind of cycles, right? I, I you know I don't I don't want to be in a situation where. Um, I have friends because I need validation, right? Or, um, or I'm in a romantic relationship and I need, I need them to validate me in a certain kind of way. Now, at the same time, the word validation also gets a negative, it gets a negative ding. There's, it's not a negative word. And we as humans all need validation. 
but there is a level to validation that we go we go beyond that's not healthy. And so I had to make sure that this part was like I was doing a service to myself so that when I'm in any kind of relationships, which meant I had to look at my friendships are all your girlfriends and, you know, are you all your girlfriends in your life? Are they in your life for the right, the right reason? Oh, and by the way, do you have healthy friendships with men? Because if you don't, you better learn how to do that. Otherwise, you're never going to be in a good relationship of any sort, especially a romantic one. Right. Because before you get to the romance, you got to get got to have a good friendship first. Mm-hmm. If you are building on a good friendship. You, you already you already setting up for failure. Right. So that was that was very important to me. Very, very, very important. Because, again, I didn't grow up with my father. I grew up resenting men. I grew up. I grew up very angry. You know that I told you anger was my that was my jam. I was holding on to it. And you weren't going to tell me to let go of it. And I got this. And and I said, nope, that's not going to it's not going to work. It's not going to work. So um, I'm I'm I don't know. I'll say this. I do not know who I'm becoming, but I will tell you that I like who I'm becoming, whoever she is. I'm not putting a definition on that. I'm not even going to try or put it in any kind of terms, but I can say that it's a journey and I'm enjoying the journey and I'm, I'm loving who I'm becoming. Um, and I'm looking forward to whatever else is out there for me and whatever else is to come. Um, but it took a village <laughs> and you were also a part of that village. So thank you publicly. I got to thank you publicly for that. Um, being mm-hmm. a part of, the prayer group and, you know, allow me to have the platform to just be me and be me in a way that was comfortable for, for me until I could spread my wings. Right. Um, so thank you for that. Cause you were definitely instrumental in that as well. So I, I got to make sure I give you your props for that. Oh, thank you. You're gonna make me cry. Don't be thank crying you. now. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I gotta hold it together. Okay, yes, we almost done. All right. Thank you so much. I I appreciate that. I um I do. I appreciate that. And I'm just gonna yes. I'm gonna leave that right there. But yeah, very much the spiritual part of my mentorship uh came came from you and the ladies in the in the group. Um the very large part of the spiritual the spiritual growth I had that came from you guys. I give, I give you the credit for that for sure. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I receive it. I do. I'm, I'm better. I'm receiving. I receive it. I know. Look at you. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. All right. So look, I always, you know, before we end, I got to do a little Bible trivia. I love doing Bible trivia. So I have a question for you. Okay. I made it a little easier this time. Okay. I get, I'm, I, I, I went to multiple choice. So, all right, here's your Bible trivia question before we end. How many books are in the new Testament of the Bible? Oh. A 24 B 29 C 27 or D 31. Do, 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 the new do, Testament. I'm gonna pick 27. Ah, she got it right. Yes, that is it. C (laughs) is the answer. I was gonna say you always go in the middle. 
That's oh, you gonna say what did y'all pick? <laughs> what did y'all pick? See? But no, I figured it was. I, I knew it wasn't thirty-one. I was like, I don't think it's that many. But I, yeah, I thought it was twenty-seven. Uh, 26 or 27. Yeah. Well, ooh, I'm glad I got that right. Lord. Yes, you did. When you, that's what I used to do when I was in college. Whenever I didn't know, I would pick C. When it doubt, pick C. <laughs> oh, my God. That's awesome. So, well, Q, I thank you for, for, for sitting down with me today and chit-chatting with your girl, Georgette, the Preaker. Is there anything? What, what do you want to leave um any final words anything you want to leave the audience with anything whatever it is whatever you want to share whatever you want to um you know i just i just want to remind everybody to take care of yourself just be be good to yourselves um don't be so hard on yourself and really love on yourself if we didn't learn anything this past year with the uncertainty of 2020 um, have mercy on yourself and really be good to yourself. Um, because nobody's going to love you the way you should love you. Mm. I think that's what I want to leave everybody with. Yes, I love it. Hey, I don't even have to say nothing. Else. All right, y'all. We, we, we good. Listen, <laughs> love yourself. That is so true. So, well, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Like I said, I'm excited and to see who her is going to become and super duper um, just encouraging, inspiring wherever I can help, wherever I can assist. And just, I just love it, love it, love it. So thank you, thank you, thank you again for sitting down with me. All right, y'all, it's your girl, Georgette, a.k.a. The Preaker, and this has been Praying and Preaking, a time to show, tell, and know how prayer changes things. We're going to get out of here, and like I always say, Joseph! Lord, put your prayers up. Prayers up. Yeah, prayers up. Bless us with the Lord, put your prayers up. Prayers up.